Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. Who day, baby? Who day? <laughs> uh, well, the first piece of news this week is the Sean McCoy um, snubbing Chip Kelly. Um, obviously... Bit of a history between those two. Chip Kelly, the Eagles coach, reportedly uh, called Sean McCoy, um, the the Bills running back, ahead of their game this week uh, to to bury the hatchet. But uh, McCoy uh, snubbed him and and basically hung up on his call. And it all stems back to the um, them, them basically trading them and and McCoy only finding out that Chip Kelly had traded him to the Bills um, through through the press, I believe. Uh, not a great way to uh, to do your business, is it? It isn't, but if you hear Chip Kelly's side of the things, he came out in a press conference and said, basically, no, we handled it badly. I would have liked to speak, spoken to him, but I said to the GM, do I need to speak to him? What's going on? And they said, no, there's no deal yet. And then suddenly there was a deal and it was done and things were moving and he didn't get a chance. So no. you never really know what exactly has happened, but... Certainly, all the overtures that Chip Kelly has been making, you'd have thought that maybe it was worth burying the hatchet. And I mean, the big thing for me about this is all they made a big song and dance about it before the game. McCoy did, in it almost turned into a "it's all about him" game. It's not exactly great for the team, but no. also then the Bills were all wound up, and he then refused to speak to the press after the game. And you can't be all me, me, me before and and make such a big deal of it and then just go oh I'm sorry I'm not talking to press after the game when you've lost yeah it was a close game in the end that uh, that one I don't know I don't know about you I haven't seen much of the uh, the highlights of that one I don't know how McCoy did in the end but it did it I'm wondering, I'm wondering whether it fired him up uh, I mean I'm still I mean to, to let um, the listeners behind the curtains a bit we're um, recording a day early and I'm feeling a little unprepared on some of the other games <laughs> and this is one of the ones I've not seen um, I mean he, I think he played pretty much how he's done a lot in the few weeks which is well in spurts and looked good but um, I think the big thing that killed the Bills wasn't so much him as the fact that they were it's it's the same story as with all season and tends to be with Rex Ryan's team's lack of discipline um, penalties there was something like yeah. 15 penalties in this game and you just you give up that much yardage for free it just kills you and it was a, a tight game against the Jets it was only like 20-23 uh, you just with that many penalties that could produce a very different result yeah absolutely well, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, how, how things develop there I think um, I can't see I can't see them getting any uh, any 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 better things between uh, between the two of them personally it's it's also sort of one of these things where we always want the players to be open and honest and then people like you and me sit here and criticize them when they are open and honest but equally um it just feels all a bit you know it was a business decision yes you can take it personally but at the end of the day he's almost demonstrating why chip kelly didn't want him yeah, maybe he's just just kind of uh, trying to draw a bit of attention to himself, trying to trying to big up his, uh, his his role in the team and things like that. But I don't know, don't know. Could be anything. Uh, the second thing we're going to have a quick look at this week is uh, Coach Pagano, um, the Indianapolis Colts head coach. Um, not worried about his position after uh, after this week. Quite a heavy loss this week to the uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I believe the, uh, the 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 final score. Uh, on that one was sixteen fifty one to the uh, to the Jaguars, which I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about in a sec. But um, I mean, losses like that and the season that the Colts have had, you would kind of expect their owners to start getting a bit twitchy. I think the thing with Pagano is that he's one of those rare NFL coaches that answers the questions that's asked of him, and I'm not sure what message he's sending to his team, being that open and honest. Mm. But I mean, we've heard quite a lot about the dysfunction in that. Um, 
in that franchise. You've got an owner who wants to win now and believes he's got a quarterback. You've got a coach who doesn't feel that the GM has given him the players, and certainly I've been questioning, as I think you're aware, the O-line and yeah. the draft tactics in the off-season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they as a team, in fairness, have been proving me wrong over the last few weeks with Hasselbeck playing better and, and, and winning games. But it sort of all came crashing down as the Jaguars got their first ever, I believe, um, as a franchise 50-point game out yeah. of their offence. And I think there could well be changes. Whether there'll I be the so. right changes, I don't know. But um, it could be new GM and new coach. We'll just have to see. That's it. I mean, we're just to, to kind of touch on the, the open honesty that, uh, that, that he's, he's shown this week, the, the, his exact words were, they can fire you, but they can't eat you. So if the worst thing, a year from now, let's say, I'm in Boise this time next year, playing with my granddaughters, I'm going to be fine. Uh, that ain't going to happen, but I'm going to be fine if I have to go down that road. He's he, he's a guy who survived cancer. Um, he had cancer treatment in, in 2012. He's, he kind of seems to be putting a bit of, using that to put a bit of perspective on things. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much of that is getting covered by the full media. I yeah. mean, knowing what modern media is like, they'll take the initial soundbite and, and you know, in the, it, it seems to be a, habitual problem of society these days certainly in the west that we're not great at nuance we want mm. the big exciting thing and we want it now this second and if you take a s- step back and give it a second you know at the end of the day yes it's a professional football yes there's a lot of money involved but it isn't quite life and death no. but equally you know these are very competitive people and and those people who are prepared to put in the hours get little bits of advantage and as we all know the game is very unpredictable and it's won and lost on small margins and I don't know. We'll just have to see. I get the feeling that after that loss, things... Uh, I mean, they're still in this race for the championship, but um, mm. you're beginning to hear that Andrew Luck might just not come back this season, which, you know, given he had a lacerated kidney, I thought it was very interesting that the San Diego receiver, whose name is blanking on me, who's out for the season with the same lacerated kidney, and it was like, oh, yeah, he'll be back in two to six weeks, and it always felt a little bit... Um, I wouldn't say disingenuous, but just a bit hopeful that he was going to come back this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I personally wouldn't wouldn't have expected to see him uh, see him coming back this season. I think, like you say, I think there's going to be changes uh, all over the place at the Colts. I don't think they're quite the team they 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 want to be for, and they haven't been for for a couple of seasons now. But uh, be interesting again to see what happens at the end of the season. I think, like you say, there will be some some quite big changes. Yeah, I think it's a watching brief on that one. And as much as anything, let's focus on the playoffs and let the off-season take care of itself. That's it. Right, so week 14 um, is in the books now. We've only got, what, three games left of the season? Which is pretty scary that we're, we're getting kind of that towards that uh, that point of the season. Uh, we've watched a few games uh, this week so far. So the Minnesota Vikings and the Arizona Cardinals met on Thursday night. That was the first game we've watched. Um, Arizona Cardinals won this one, 23 points to 20. It was really close. I really did think it could have could have gone either way. It was obviously a field goal at the end that uh, that managed to get the, uh, the, the win on it. What do you think of the game? I think we've actually had a real run of good Thursday night games. Mm. And given that in recent seasons there was a lot of complaints about um, the quality of the football and we had a lot of home team blowouts, it was a really enjoyable game. I was really impressed with um, the performance of Minnesota. I think we both expected with the injuries that the Vikings were suffering and on the short week and how aggressive Arizona can be, yeah. they were really going to take it to them. And it was a good game. It was Much close. close. Yeah, the Vikings' um, defensive line seemed to get after Carson Palmer a bit, and although they didn't, they weren't able to get like a 
lot of hits and sacks on him. Um, the ball was coming out quickly. They they didn't get too badly gouged on the run. And uh, yeah, it was a much closer game. Mm. They had a plan for dealing with the aggressive blitzes of the Cardinals' defense. And, and Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball much more effectively than I was expecting, going over 300 yards, not giving the ball away with an interception. And they survived the fact that for the most part, after that first Minnesota drive when Peterson looked like he was going to have an, one of those amazing 200-yard yeah, conquering yeah, yeah. games, they actually managed to bottle him up. And it didn't actually stop Minnesota in this one. They, mm. they, they need, Cardinals said, go on, pass the ball, and the Vikings did. Like you say, on Pete, uh, with Peterson, um, one of the things that, that I think Peterson doesn't do very well, um, I think it's probably quite widely known, is, is keep a hold of the ball. I've never seen someone with so many with so much skill and talent like that Drop the ball so many times, um, and th- this game was was kind of no exception. There was quite there was there was three fumbles on this in this game. Only one of them was Peterson. To be fair to him, but they really quite hurt the Vikings. I think I think they could have uh, made quite a bit more of the uh, of the game had they not uh, had they not um, forced those fumbles. Yeah, they the turnovers. It's always turnover differential points off turnovers is one of those things that coaches always talk about in ways to football to to win football games. You need to take care yeah. of the ball, and the and the Vikings really didn't in this game. No, absolutely. It was a uh, it was a good one to watch. Though. It was a good game. Like you say, that both quarterbacks um, put in put in some uh, some some good performances. Um, over three hundred yards for both of them, Palmer and, and Bridgewater, which was uh, which was really good. Michael Floyd, the Cardinals wide receiver, fourth game in five. Uh, with 100 plus yards, which is uh, which is a, which is is pretty good for this uh, this back end of the season when everyone's getting a bit tired. The Cardinals' offense struggled in the, their opponent's um, red zone, so under 20 yards. They they only got there twice and failed to score on both occasions. Both their long touchdowns were, were how they scored the goal, but points. And the the thing that I loved. Uh, this is going to be a bit nerdy. I'll, I'm sorry, but on the Floyd 42-yard p- touchdown pass, did you see the block that Fitzgerald put in? I don't think I did. Uh, oh, it was wonderful. I, I mean, I wrote about it a bit on on the Thursday night game because apparently, yeah. uh, what happened was three Vikings defenders all bit on the same inside route and there was basically Floyd and Fitzgerald stood out open on the right. Now Carson Palmer in the um, uh, press conference afterwards said he saw both of them open didn't know which one to throw the ball to and basically threw it between them and hoped uh, <laughs> looking at the coaching tape I have to say that Floyd was in front of uh, um, Fitzgerald and so I actually think he just threw to the first open receiver you could see but Fitzgerald yeah. went down and absolutely laid smackdown on the safety it was really, he actually pancaked him knocked him on his bum and it was yeah. it was just Everything that you hear about Fitzgerald being a great um, receiver, he's a great all-round receiver. He's not just one um, like um, Moss who would ru- run these amazing fly routes, catch the ball, and didn't do much else in the game. You know, mm. Fitzgerald, you know, team concept. They all pull together, and it was a really great block to open that up. Well, we both, uh, like you say, we both called the Cardinals. We both thought the uh, Cardinals would win this by uh, by a little bit. Uh, while they won, they didn't win by enough for us to uh, to be right. So we uh, we both lost a uh, lost a pick on that one, unfortunately. Um, second game this week is your game, the Bengals. Um, you, I've, I've never, never, I've not for a long while heard you quite so uh, so dejected after a game. Um, Thirty-three points to twenty, the Steelers beat the Bengals on uh, on Sunday night. It was a very heated game, wasn't it? Uh, quite a few kind of scuffles and a few little kind of 
extracurricular moments, shall we say. The Bengals and the Steelers don't like each other. Um, Vontaze Perfect was getting into it before the game had even started in the warm-ups. But equally, I'm not going to... I'm going to resist the urge to go off because I think both teams were at it. And I actually think the Steelers just did a better job of holding their poise on that aggressive edge. I felt much better when I got a chance to step away from it and, and watch the game again because looking at it um, in the condensed view, that the injury to Dalton is just one of those things. And I was so heartbroken on Sunday just because I think it was in the text messages I sent to you, which is that why can't the Bengals have nice things? Yeah. yeah. There's a reason why I've been going unworried all season is because this team things like this. over the years yeah, have this thing where the wheels fall off when things are going well. And... Yeah. Gio Bernard didn't really sell the dummy he was meant to to the defensive end, and that was some play that he played to be like a three hundred pound defensive end in a free yeah. four to get that down that low that quickly and pick up the ball and and, and make that interception. It was it, I don't want to take anything away from 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 that play, and it's just one of those things. He yeah. you know, he made a football play, he got the tackle, he didn't even look particularly bad. It's no. not like he came up and you immediately thought, oh, there's a problem there. But then suddenly he's down, he's down the tunnel and getting checked out. And I thought McCarron did okay for a rookie. Yeah. The, the big knockout of him supposedly coming out of college is that he's very competitive, very aggressive, and lacks a bit of arm. And the one, the interception to Tyson Gay, yeah, the ball was short-armed, but... Um, it's pretty hard to put all your weight into into the ball and throw it properly when you are being not flat on your bum again. Mm. I thought it was uh, it was quite a good uh, quite a good game for him to be perfect. So, like I said it again, another text message to you. Um, I he wasn't a player that I was familiar with. Not somebody I'd I'd heard. Obviously, he hadn't really played. I don't think since he got drafted. I think there was a, like you say he had an injury uh, last season. Um, but. I was quite impressed. I don't think I, th- I know Dalton's only now talking about being out for a couple of weeks, perhaps. Maybe they'll, they'll get him back just in time for the, for, for the postseason. But I was quite impressed. I don't think you'll, you'll struggle quite as much as I perhaps thought you, you might without without Dalton. Obviously, you would rather have your starter, but there are yeah, worse course. backups out in the league. Um, in fairness, although he's green in terms of NFL experience, he's played a little bit against the Browns um, towards the end of the game. But he he did go to Alabama. He won back to back national championships. He's he's a very you know he's played as big a games as you can in college. It's just he can he do it in the NFL? But yeah. he's he's sat even though he didn't play, you know, he was injured a lot and didn't practice a lot. He's been in the room. He spent a year with Dalton and you heard Hugh Jackson come out straight, straight away and say, look, you know, we've got a game plan. He, the boy can play. We're, you know, we're not going to hand it off 19 times. Or I just need to get the game plan in place with a week's in training. He gets to go against the 49ers. That's a possible win. Maybe. I don't know, but at least, you know, he gets some reps before he has to face that um, Broncos defense, which does worry me. I think it was a good game. I think you, you looked like you were in it most of the way through, obviously until about five minutes to go, uh, when that, that interception was, uh, was 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 thrown. I think you look you looked like you were you were genuinely in it. I don't think you ever kind of looked like you were lost. Um, but one thing one thing I did want to just uh, just ask you. I don't know. What you, I just want your your very quick opinion on it. AJ Green um, after his his very nice touchdown, lovely throw and lovely little. Uh, I don't know. He did. He did really well to get away from from the, the defenders that were. Uh, the defenders it. sort of took themselves out of the play. One of them yeah. holding onto his shirt, and then sort of you know, yeah, he was able to just run it in. He did well to to kind of turn around with it. Do you think he kicked the ball into the into the stands 
I know we've talked a lot about the refereeing and the, the, the amount of penalties that have been given out so far this season. What do you think of that? Do you think that should have been a penalty? Do you know what my major thought was when I saw that? It wasn't so much about the penalty. No, I don't think it's a penalty. I think it's one of those things you kick it into the crowd. It's a spur of the moment thing. I don't think it's a bit. But I must admit, my first thought was, that's your, your backup quarterback's first NFL touchdown. Do you yeah. not hand it back to the quarterback Go so that he can keep it? Yeah, absolutely. So that he can keep it. That was only my. But I think it was just. I don't think it was anything more than a very um, het up game. And he's not actually a vocal player. He's not usually one who gets into things. And he was really right. riled up. He was. He went back at one of the corners later in the game. And I just think it's one of those things. And I just think. We've got these ridiculous dancing celebrations that seem to go on forever. And the second interception with, I'm forgetting the Steelers player, who just got called 15 yards for excessive celebration, you know, yeah. went on. And then carried 20, on. Yeah, felt like it went on for 20 <laughs> minutes as he crawled down the sideline and started getting involved in his coaches. I think yeah. punting the ball into the crowd, ah, whatever. Fair enough. Well, you uh, you got this one uh, correct. You you picked the Steelers on this one. Uh, I am for I. Pick the Bengals, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, you picked up one on this uh, on, on that game. I'm going to go rogue just for a second because we've focused very much on the Bengals, and I just wanted to say this Steelers team really are very good, and the AFC North is a tough division. And one of the reasons the Bengals look so bad for the years is that the Ravens and the Steelers are often very good, not always at the same time. Those receivers and that offense is scary, man. And mm. you know, I think some of our problem was to do with our defensive back end. But the Steelers are a good team, and if they get into the yeah. playoffs, they're going to be a handful for anybody. Yeah, they always are. Um, the, the game I watched uh, Sunday night was the Saints uh, at the Buccaneers. Two teams I hadn't really seen much of this season. Um, I've seen a couple of a couple of games, but not a lot. Um, the Saints won twenty four points to seventeen uh, against against the Bucks. Um, they they started really well on both sides of the ball, but it was just a it, this game was just a very tidy game of football. Not too many, no no interceptions or fumbles. Very few sacks. It was just a very tidy game of game of football. I quite enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it. I I've seen bits of the, a couple of the teams. I've not played the Saints or not seen the Saints defense look like anything like that before. I was really actually quite impressed. They weren't blowing me away yeah. or anything, but they're much more solid than the unit that were frankly uh, almost a Benny Hill. Ill comedy sketch. I mean, you know, my my mind instantly goes back to um, the two players colliding into each other, bouncing a, a, an interception they should have had up into the air, and the Titans tight end catching it and running the length of the field to score. Um, yeah. And they were very solid, and they just contained the Buccaneers all game. And the Bucks defense is, I've been. I thought it was coming together and it just seemed to have a bit of a lapse week and they just, yeah, quietly took care of business. Jameis Winston looked a bit uh, bit clumsy for me. I know you, you've, you've obviously spoken about him earlier in the uh, in the year. I think you did a, a blog post about him. Um, I thought he looked a bit clumsy. It didn't, I mean, figures-wise, he didn't get, didn't get a lot, but I thought he, he looked like, I don't know, it was probably something to do with his line didn't give him a lot of time. I think... Uh, that that didn't help him, but he, he did look a bit clumsy. On the other on the other hand, Drew Brees looked very good, and I mean he's he is the kind of player he's been around for a long time now. He's the kind of player you, you sort of you just know what you're getting with Drew Brees, don't you? You do, except this season it's been a bit more hit and miss, which I, I do wonder. I mean, he had some shoulder problems earlier in the year, and that seemed to resurface. But it, this was definitely a good game for him. And I yeah. think with Winston, he's very much a quarterback in process. The thing I like is he's got—he seems to have quite a compact throwing ocean motion. I like how upright his arm is, but um, I'm just not sure about his footwork. And I think you know he might need a year or two to be polished. And you know mm. they need to develop that offensive line. It, it's playing yeah. better than it was, but it's still having its moments. 
Well, uh, not not a huge amount more to uh, talk about in that game. I don't think we uh, we both put the book in the edge. We were both wrong. Uh, both dropped a uh, dropped a point on on that one. Uh, the last game was the Monday night game, and I must say, as a, as a Dolphins fan, I'm ashamed to say I haven't had a chance to watch this this one yet. As uh, G quite rightly said earlier, uh, it. It's now it's currently Tuesday when we're recording this. We're a day earlier than, than normal, so I'd usually have had a chance to watch the Monday game. Uh, but, yeah, Dolphins lost 24-31 to the Giants, um, which was a disappointment for the Dolphins. It was their, their throwback game. It was the, the, after it was the end of a weekend of celebrations of 50 years of the Miami Dolphins. Um, but you've, you've watched this one, haven't you? What did you, uh, what did you think of the game? The good news for the Dolphins is yeah. um, I really like I really like the um, Harlequin end zones. No, <laughs> I mean I did, but in seriousness, the good news was over a hundred yards rushing, yeah. over two hundred yards passing, three hundred total yards offense, and some some improvements. I'm not going to say that Tannehill looked vastly different to no. in the Ravens game. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read, read my looking at the coaching tape of him, but um, it's the same thing in that he tends to throw off play action he, or out of shotgun, so his footwork's not great. He, he looks very skippy when he's sort of he's gathering himself from that shotgun. Yeah, um, he always does. Snap. Always does. But um, they got Jarvis Landry involved, and it was almost they had the opposite problem to the last week. They're still trying to find that balance, and they mm. they were really running the ball well in the first half. And Miller was doing Miller things, and you know had a thirty yard, <laughs> thirty eight yard touchdown, and was looking really good. And they almost got away from the run in the second half a bit, and then they were just those few mistakes from the Dolphins for, for yeah. cost them. And Odell Beckham, I mean, if you remember, I don't know if you saw it, but I, the reason I picked the Giants on the podcast last week and actually stuck with it was basically I said I'd stick with the team that has Odell Beckham he had the he had another amazing toe drag um, touchdown and I'm talking his left foot was millimetres in and then he dragged his right and made it a spectacular I have have seen that one I did see the highlight of that yeah and then he had the the winning touchdown an 84 yard pass where he just ran he just ran a post route yeah and your safety just saw something um, took three steps forward because he saw something in the backfield, and by that time it, it was, was too late. Wide open, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, wide open. Manning hit him, and, and it was gone. And it, it was almost that much. Otherwise, Sue was playing well. The, the the Giants couldn't really couldn't establish a running game. And if you mm. could just find that bit of balance in the offense and develop that a bit more, and and maybe um, find some guards that really really work, and just sort out the back end of your defense, then yeah things are going could well go forward for you guys but equally I've, we've been saying that for a couple of years haven't we oh, I've been saying that for absolutely years and years and years yeah it's uh, every every season that seems to be that all oh, this this is going to be the one this will be the uh, this will be the uh, the, the season but uh, yeah I... and just to cover the the Giants a bit more mm. um, inconsistent on offense but when you've got Eli Manning and Odell Beckham you've got a chance and the the big thing on defense well the two things first is they miss a lot of tackles and yeah. they were talking about it on the... It was sort of what they were talking about on the coverage before the game. It's been what they're talking about um, after the game. It's sort of a theme, but you could see it happening. And also, Pierre Paul, coming back from this nasty fireworks injury, he's still yeah. got that um, and pace, and he's still disruptive, and he can get round a tackle, but he can't seem to quite get there in time, and he can't wrap up. That club, you know, there were, there were several basically missed tackles because he can't use his right hand to actually grasp and hold on if it's a tackle. So yeah. he's sort of making arm tackles and he can't quite wrap up properly. And I'm hoping he finds a way to work out how to play with it. But they're really 
he's helped their pass rush because you still have to account for him but he's he's mm. not quite the player that he was and and there's still work to be done there and whether we'll get there will be an interesting question in terms of the the picks for this one uh, you picked the giants i picked the dolphins as i always do uh, and so you uh, you got the points on this one We'll have a quick look at the rest of this week's games then. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles kept up the pressure at the top of the NFC East with a second win in a row. Uh, this week's win was against the Buffalo Bills where the score was 23 points to 20. The Ravens, on the other hand, got a second loss in two weeks. Uh, they managed to put just six points past the Seattle Seahawks who scored 35 in return. The Cleveland Browns picked up the win this week. Yes, uh, you did hear correctly, they did win. Uh, their game against uh, fellow strugglers the San Francisco 49ers finished 24 points to 10. Uh, another team who put a stop to their losing streak was the St. Louis Rams. Uh, they played against the Detroit Lions on Sunday night and picked up the win 21-14. The Jets are looking fairly solid for a wildcard position this year. This week they beat the Tennessee Titans, winning by 30 points to 8. Uh, as we've talked about already in a preview of one of next year's London's games, the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely thumped the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, their 51 points to 6 win included 6 second half touchdowns. Uh, and let's see if uh, next year's game at Wembley is quite as exciting. It was a low scorer in Kansas City uh, as the Chiefs picked up a 10.3 victory over the San Diego Chargers who are now 3-10 and for the season at the bottom of the AFC West. The Redskins managed to emerge from Soldier Field victorious as they beat the Chicago Bears by 24 points to 21. One of my favourites, Ted Ginn Jr. was uh, the star of the show in Carolina as the Panthers shut out the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the final score was 38 points to 0 uh, and made the Panthers the first team to confirm uh, one of the to- two top seeds in the NFC. Uh, the Broncos had a close game in Denver, but were unable to pick up the win. Uh, the final score was 15-12 to the Oakland Raiders. The Green Bay Packers took another step towards postseason football with a win this week over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they won 28 points to seven at Lambeau Field. And the New England Patriots never looked like losing against the Texans, uh, and with a resounding win over Houston, uh, they finished 27 points to six in the late game on Sunday night. Uh, a couple of little points to mention, I suppose. Uh, Antonio Andrews, the Titans running back, uh, made 41 passing yards this week, uh, passing to Mariota, of all people. It was their only touchdown of the game. Uh, bit of an interesting move on the defensive side. Uh, yeah, it, it, the um, for those who haven't seen it, Mariota split out as a receiver, having lined up close to the um, formation. Runs a fairly straight go route, and the Jets uh, corner, who, who was looking in because it was a direct snap to a running back who rolled out right before passing, sort of mm. took a read um, into the backfield, took a step, and then realised he needed to cover Mariota, tried to turn and fell on he, fell down, and Mariota just caught a simple pass and walked into the end zone. So I'm sure, sure he, he wishes... Um, um, it was all that is that easy. Um, other point this week, uh, Gronk was back, um, back for the Patriots. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. Um, he only spent one week out. I, I, I was quite amazed at that. People were saying, "Oh, that's him. That's him done for the season. He'll be back for postseason." But he, he was out for just a week, and in true Gronk style, came back to, and was the uh, the leading wide receiver for them. Uh, four receptions, eighty-seven yards, and a touchdown. He is possibly the the player who has the most impact on any as a single player on any team yeah. outside of a quarterback. He really is yeah, he just, you know, he's almost up there with J.J. Watt in terms of just individual performance, which just can lift and help a team. And they were in such depth need. Um, I was surprised how quickly he came back, but 
it we knew that the knee wasn't structural and they knew they really needed him and um, I don't know about you with your pick but certainly at the moment I heard that he, they'd flown to Houston I took a I thought oh that's indicative and with JJ Watt breaking his hand yeah I went with it well I was never going to change not after the other week of my uh, disastrous uh changes but uh, yeah it, it was certainly enough to uh, to kind of make you think twice a little bit anything else you want to have a look at this week two things actually uh, one I just wanted to make a comment that um, one of the reasons we love football is that it is the most unpredictable sport that there's such fine Correct. margins there's um such parity each year except if you're a Cleveland Browns fan but you know there are a great great number of big surprises which is represented in my fairly rotten picks this week but you know the Cleveland Browns got a win and and go them um and the other thing I just wanted to mention was in the um Raiders game against the Broncos yeah. uh, Khalil Mack got five sacks in the second half if you look at yeah, the highlights I saw and that. a it was a great performance by him but b um I'm gonna I've picked up this point from Ross Tucker. He was talking about it earlier in the season. It's something I really like, which is basically, if you get beat for a sack, that's on you. Once you get beaten for more than two sacks, that's on the coaching staff because they need to help you. You know, they need to scheme. If one person is causing that much trouble, then you need to shift your protection, chip him with a running back, do something, you know, and the Broncos didn't and paid the price. The ball is loose. It's a Right, before we have a look at next week's games then, it's that time to have a look at what G has been um, writing about on this week's blog. Um, after we finished recording last week, I asked you to have a look at Ryan Tannehill's performance. Um, he made 86 yards against the Ravens, um, which wasn't, of course, his uh, his best performance. Um, what did you What did you think? I think I think from, from reading the blog, I think you thought it was more a reflection on the team than, than him, didn't you? I think it was hard to make a call from what was on tape about yeah. him. Certainly, he was getting no help in that there was an awful lot of run. They were very static in what they were doing, and they were basically giving him short passes or long passes. Um, and it didn't help that sort of like on his first easy pass on the second drive, Miller dropped the ball, and he had a couple of other drops. But they weren't yeah. particularly targeting Jarvis Landry, who is such a good receiver in terms of just being able to change direction in space, and that's always going to bump your yards. And there was a lot of that stuff going on. And then he made that one long touchdown play. Yeah. And he it was a proper NFL quarterback play in that he looked yeah. one side for long enough to draw the safety over, then came back to the receiver he actually wanted, threw the ball up in the air so that um the receiver could go get it, six foot three, and um it was a really nice play. There are hints there, but there was nothing intermediate. As I was saying earlier when we were discussing the Giants Dolphins game this week. There wasn't anything radically different in what they did this week, but there just seemed to be a better mix of pass calling. And yeah. I think it's too early to tell. And my, my just big concern is that I don't think you need to press the reset button, but this has be, almost been a lost year just because of the mess that the franchise has made of it. Um, yeah. There's some talk that Sean Payton might be coming your way from the Saints. That's been this rumour that's been going around. I have no idea of, of whether it's true I've or not. but. That. I think just some stability in the front office of it is a more coherent plan and just let him bed in. I'm a great believer in letting... It can take time to develop a quarterback and I think we've got very much into the habit of, you know, drafting quarterback, taking two, three years because um, the contracts are different now and we're not wed to them. And we yeah. seem to have forgotten that it always used to take a number of years to get the hang of playing quarterback because, as we've said in the past, the real difficulty is getting enough physical and mental reps so that the position slows down and then mm. you hold on to that for as long as your body holds together. And I really think that that description of, how in, of playing quarterback is right, and I think we're too quick to give up on them, and we're not patient enough um, because we want to fix everything now. 
Um, well, you looked at, you've also given us your, your thoughts this week on uh, linebackers and safeties um, so far, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I, it was something that um, just sparked out of preparing to watch the Cardinals and um, conversations going on in some podcasts. And it was just the fact that um, the for the last couple of seasons, Cardinals have been playing with a large number of um, uh, safeties and corners um, regularly playing in a lineup, which a lot of teams are playing nickel and dime, but they've almost essentially got a safety in um, Buchanan playing yeah. um, as, as middle linebacker. And as more and more we have these teams where where the tight end is a is a fancy position, and you've got obviously you've got Gronk, but you've also got Tyler Eifert, Jimmy Graham, or maybe not so much this year. And it's a ma- real matchup problem. And I just think there'll be more specialist coverage linebackers and more of doing it via platoon. And I think there's still a place for the um, you know the big 250 pound Ray Maraluga was the one I, I I mean I settled on the Bengals just because it was easiest for me to pick apart their linebacking core because it's the one I watch week in week out and I still yeah. think there's a place for those real like you know 250 pound meet you in the A gap and just hit you linebackers but <laughs> because the game's not just going to say stay spread it comes in cycles and if all the teams go to um, speed defenses then we'll just start seeing power rush all the time. But I do, I do think you just need to have a depth of linebackers, not just rely on like your starting three. And I think that rotating it so you give your flexibility of options to face different types of teams is probably a smarter way of constructing a roster. Uh, is there anything you've particularly got your eye on this week to, uh, to have a look at? I know we've not uh... we've not discussed it, but I've actually already picked it for myself this week. Um, Go for right, it. just because what I really wanted to do was take a look at both Buchanan and Tyron Matthew. Who um, so I want to look at basically the two safeties um, and and how Cardinals use them and just their game. Um, Matthew actually had a a, a batted pass that I've not seen before. Mm. In the um, it was a quick out and like the one strop sort of almost like a receiver screen from the Vikings and. Matthew basically predicted it and managed to bat it away behind the line of scrimmage from like um, the nickel corner. Okay, well, brilliant. Well, uh, for all that and much more, uh, make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, so we're going into week 15 this week then. Let's have a look at the picks um, for uh, for this week. Going into uh, this week, you were at 108, I'm at 100. Um, I took a few risks of it, a little bit of uh, risk last, last week on a few of them. I just thought I need to, where I knew you were going to go for somebody, I thought I'm going to go for the opposite, just in the hope that uh, I might pick up some, and it, it worked, which was uh, which is good. So the first game this week, we've got the Thursday night game. We've got the uh, Buccaneers at the Rams. Um, I'll point this out. This is pretty much the first time we've seen these as well. Usually, we have a day or so looking at the uh, at these these um, picks before we actually make the picks on the uh, on the podcast. But uh, this is pretty much we've just seen the uh, them, them for the first time. So you're pretty much getting a uh, getting a reaction straight away from us. Um, Buccaneers at Rams. I think personally, I'm going to go for the Buccaneers on this one. It's a straight. Who's going to win? I think you might be right but I'm kind of worried because the Buccaneers just lost and were very well contained by the yeah. Saints and the Rams who I've been dismissing for a couple of weeks just because they've been bad suddenly Todd Gurley's got 100 yard games and they won fairly handily last weekend so I think you're right but I'm certainly not convinced by it yeah um Jets at Cowboys what are we, what are we thinking J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets <laughs> Yep, I think you're right Yeah, I think there's only one way that game's going to go And you know, no one is happier than me that the Cowboys that I was wrong about the Cowboys last week they didn't keep it close and we can finally dismiss the whole can they get into the playoffs stuff um, Falcons at Jaguars uh, Three and a half points taken off the Jaguars for this one 
Uh, I still think they're going to do it, Jaguars. I'm kind of worried about this because the Jaguars have been so inconsistent and, you know, they broke a streak from like 2012 when they won two in a row earlier in the season. Yeah. But they just scored 50 points and the Atlanta Falcons literally just got shut out. Now, the Jaguars' defense is obviously not the Panthers' defense, but on the road, yeah, I think I'm going to pick on the Jaguars because when was the last time the Falcons won? They could very well win this one, <laughs> That's it. but I, they're going in the wrong direction. Okay. Bills uh, travel to Washington this week. Again, another one that's a straight who's going to win. Um, I think that it will be the Bills, personally. I think, then, that you should pick the Bills because I'm thinking <laughs> Washington and I have been like alternating with Washington and wrong almost every week. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Washington at home, given the way they played last week and the fact that the Bills keep shooting themselves in the foots in the penalty and there might be a bit of a letdown from the last game and they're probably at the, at the playoff hunt now, yeah. means that I think they'll lose, which probably means by my logic of picking Washington this season that you're about to pick up a game on me. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Um <laughs> Vikings against the Bears. This is a this is a bit of a tough one. Five and a half points off the Vikings. Can I see the Vikings picking up more than well six or more points? I uh, I think I can. I think I'm going to go for the for the Vikings. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. I think I'm going to agree with you, and I seem to have been wrong a lot with the Vikings. And I love Mike Zimmer, but I keep seeing to curse him. But mm. um, I picked against you last week, and it, and you played well, but didn't get the win. For Bears, I I had some faith in them. They've been a bit. Not so good for the last couple of weeks at home. So maybe they'll do better on the road. But yeah, I just think the Vikings might take this one. Patriots-Titans is the first game with a with a 14 and a half point swing on it. Patriots, uh, to win this one, the Patriots have got to beat the Titans by three scores, basically. And I, I'm I'm always nervous picking at that at that big of a, of a, of a swing. I think I'm still going to go with them. On the for the Patriots, mainly because I can't see where the Titans are going to score from. Yeah, this is this is what I'm sitting thinking. It's an awful lot of points. Yeah, but um, the only touchdown they got was on a trick play um, against the Jets, yeah. and I th- I think you're right. I think it's that high for a reason. But the Patriots are at home, and uh, yeah, I just don't feel confident in in the Titans. You watch them cover now. <laughs> um, Texans Colts. What do you what do you think on there? I just don't know what to do with either team. I mean, um, the Texans have got I think TJ Yeldon playing yes. quarterback this week because because um, of Hoyer's um, Hoy- concussion. Yeah, and um, the Colts. I think they've just worn down a bit. Um, I don't know. I want to say the Texans, yeah, I, but I don't trust the offense. I'm exactly the same. I, I, I've I've put down the Texans, but I might change my mind before Sunday comes. So I think I might I might be looking at numbers, um, sacrificing things to the football gods because I really <laughs> don't know on that one. Uh, another one I'm, I'm a little bit struggling with is, is Chiefs Ravens. Um, Ravens are given seven and a half points. Oh. I, my head wants to go for the Chiefs. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the Chiefs. I think. I think I'm withing you, withing You're you with you. With you, but but the problem we've got with that is that Chiefs' offense was not good last no, week. No, defense was really good. The good news for us for this pick is that um, Shao pretty much throws a pick six every game. Yeah. So with a bit of luck, um, we might um, be able to get you know seven points of that from from one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Ravens are just yeah. <laughs> bad at the wrong time uh, well Panthers Giants I think the Panthers are going to make it 14 this week I can't see the Giants picking up uh, picking up this one not by well they, they are I don't know they're given five and a half points I still think that's that's too much I still I, I still think the Panthers will do it I've 
I'm just wondering, are the Panthers really going to go unbeaten? I kind of think they um, are. But yeah, I just don't see the Giants beating them. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I think I will reluctantly possibly following you with the Panthers. <laughs> and only reluctantly because I'm slightly nervous of the points, but I think the Panthers will win. Yeah, The Browns at the Seahawks is the second of the 14.5-point swing games. I don't know. I have literally no idea which way I'm going to swing on this one. I'm still confused by the Browns um, beating the 49ers so, That's why by so sure. many points. And, and I almost want to go back and watch that game just to find out what the hell happened, I'll be honest. Um <laughs> uh, but the Seahawks' defense is not quite how it has been in recent years, but it's still good, and it's a good pass rush. And they're at home. They're coming good at the right time. Uh, Russell Wilson seems to be making a transition to a pocket passer, and that passing game is really coming alive. Lockett has been such a good pickup. It's a shame that Thomas Rowles has um, fractured his ankle because yeah. the two of them were really making a difference and it's to that Seahawks' offense at this time of year. I can't bring myself to bat the Browns. I think I'll probably end up back in the Seahawks. I think I probably will as well. I think I'm exactly the same. Um, Packers Raiders Packers have got to have this one haven't they I'm still not convinced by the Packers they just no? beat a bad Cowboys team who didn't play the defence that we know beats the Packers if you're prepared to um, stack the box against the run and play press man you can beat this team I'm not sure that all is as well as I think it is and that defence is not so great um, at times as well and I just funny things are happening I I mean, I probably will bat the uh, bat the Packers to win, but the Raiders are getting three and a half points at home. I'm seriously tempted by that. Well, how do you think your Bengals are going to do against the 49ers? Let me guess, you're nervous. I am, <laughs> but, I mean, obviously you, you were texting back and forth with me on Sunday night as the stuff was going on with the Steelers, but I, yeah. I, I, I've had a couple of days now. I've watched a game again looking, you know, for it with less, oh my God, the world has ended. You've had, you've had a little cry. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go quite that far, but you know, I was muttering darkly on Monday night as um, Chelsea were being beaten by your Leicester City oh, boys, absolutely. and I'm just thinking all the sports stuff's going wrong at once. Although it's, it is nice to be in the city um, when they're um, top of the league and doing so well, and I'm still basking in the reflected glory of saying that Ranieri was a good manage- manager and a good pickup. Gee, you're talking about the wrong football. <laughs> I thought I'd give you a little a little chance to get it in there, but. Um, I think I'm feeling quietly confident we will win, and I'm just uh, I'm looking at the points again. Maybe, but yeah, no, I I think I might try a bit of optimism from your school this week. Um, I'm back and forth on this one as well. Broncos Steelers. I'm I'm thinking Steelers, given the fact that it's oh, I don't know six and a half points. Do I think they're going to win by a touchdown? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm thinking Steelers for now. I'm umming and ahhing and leaning, but leaning towards Steelers because the defense is better than they were at the start of the season. They're pretty good, and the offense stuttered a bit for the Broncos last week. Although the good thing about Osweiler is that um, he doesn't turn the ball over, no. and that was what was killing them beforehand. But the um, Steelers have three receivers, and the big problem last week was that they have three receivers that you can sort of contain if you really focus on it, but then you just give Heath Miller too much room, and and sort of we were getting beaten by one or other, and it's almost impossible to cover everybody. That offense has just got so many options for Ben Roethlisberger, who's really turned himself into a proper drop back and just get rid of the ball quarterback. He's really developed. All- it seems bizarre given how well he's playing and how well he's covered, but that he's almost underrated still because I just don't think people talk enough about the transition he's made. He always used to be that, you know, he'd get hit, wouldn't go down and throw the long ball, and he's really turned himself into a, 
high high quality quarterback yeah Dolphins charges I'm, there's only one way I'm going I'm going for the, for the Dolphins and, and I'm a I little, actually think I'm joining offended. you this week yeah I'm a little offended that there's like the one and a half points taken off the uh, the charges no 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 no, no. You're, you're forgetting the home you, as ever you're failing to take into account the, the traditional home field advantage but the Chargers don't have it and I just yeah, nothing about the charges inspires much confidence, and uh, and bizarrely, I still think there's there are elements of hope certainly going forward for this team, and I think you've got the running backs that if you can find that balance, that yeah, you should win that game. Uh, Cardinals Eagles, I'm going to go Cardinals. I think. Yeah, me too. Win by four points. I know they just had that Vikings game, but they still won it, and they might not thrash the Eagles, but um, the Eagles are not as good as the Vikings. Um, that defense has been up and down. You just can't trust that offense. No. Uh, and then last game of the week, the Monday game. Uh, last game before Christmas? I want to say last game before Christmas. I think it probably is. Um, I know there's will be a Thursday night game. Um, Lions at Saints. Uh, two and a half points taken off the Saints. Still think the Saints are going to do it. I don't know because I don't trust the Saints yet. But the Lions seem to have had a real letdown after the big loss last week. And I really wasn't expecting them to have that defensive performance. And yeah, I think I'm looking at it. And the contrarian is me is going Saints by two and a half. They haven't been good that season. And looking at the early picks, everybody's falling in the line on the Saints. Part of me wants to pick the Lions. But yeah, I think (laughs) the Saints have just had a bit more form recently. And might be, you know, finding something and putting something a little bit together. Whereas the Saints are, you know, sorry, the Lions are really I think the season's gone and they know it well I've just refreshed the uh, the, the page on the uh, on the pick on the Pickham uh, website and it looks like so far all of the ones that I have gone for are the majority uh, what the majority have, have picked um, which is probably not a good thing seeing as the majority seem to be wrong most weeks <laughs> so uh, we'll see what, see what happens <laughs> absolutely we'll just have to keep an eye on it and see how we go I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for episode nine of the Wrong Football Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll be back next week with an extra festive episode 10, uh, looking back at all of week 15's games and ahead to week 16, the penultimate week of the regular season. Uh, in the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, uh, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, get involved in a bit of banter on the Facebook page, uh, check out the blog at wrongfootball.com, and if there's anything you want to discuss, uh, drop us an email uh, to twfpodcast at outlook.com. Uh, Thanks for listening. See you next week. I think my mic works.